one in front. Welcome to the second season of Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss and yada, 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 and everyone should know this by now. We have... Ruth. Shelly. Gia. Fahad. And me, Eric. As a prompt for the first cycle of this new season, we decided our picks should be make a meaningful callback in some way, for instance, the title, to our first movie pick last season. My first <laughs> pick was A Clockwork Orange, so I assigned the Fogies to watch 1988's The Fruit Machine, directed by Philip Saville. This movie is about two gay British teenagers with unhappy or non-existent home lives who witness a deadly hate crime and run away to evade the killer and the police who think they committed the crime. In desperation, they end up in an abusive situation still pursued by the assassin. Predictably, it ends in tragedy. So uh, I thought we could uh, start off by talking about the actual story and what we all thought about it. I personally thought, um, I thought it was enjoyable. I mean, uh, because I liked revisiting this, this time and you know, picturing <clears throat> myself also young, going to the clubs, you know, family that don't understand you, all this jazz. And, uh, but it, you know, I thought it was a little bit uneven. I, I think the story, like the, just the plotting of it. And so some of it seemed a bit amateurish to me. And, um, and I had a hard time figuring out exactly what they were, they were trying to tell me. Uh, so hopefully maybe some people had some ideas about that. Uh, and I have a few things to share too, but uh, let's go ahead and get started with Shelly. <clears throat> so I agree. So <clears throat> I really like the premise of the film. So if I read a synopsis of it, I'm like, oh, well, that's an interesting story. But then I think it got um, lost or I got lost in the way they were telling it. And I wasn't sure. There were a lot of things that I, I wasn't sure about. I, I wish that in the beginning that they had given a little bit more backstory about um, Michael and Eddie and their relationship. And I wish I had known more about his family relation, um, Eddie's family relationship, because I feel like they kind of rushed, rushed into that. And so I wasn't sure how the two boys were friends or where they met or like. And they don't tell you actually anything about Michael's family, right? Like, no, you know, they don't. That they put him they in only the say that his stepmom had sent him True. to the delinquent center because the DC, which I was like, DC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what that too. Yeah, um, Michelle, and, what you're saying is you'd like a prequel. I'm just kidding. I would <laughs> like <laughs> that. Yes. Uh, Shelly's back in full form. <laughs> yep. Um, I I do enjoy a good prequel, a good a good backstory. More so fun. I'd like to know more about that. And then I agree that would have helped characterize these characters a little. Yeah, and That's and um, then I I was a bit confused. <laughs> what is all the dolphin imagery or dolphin like what does that symbolize what do dolphins symbolize in literature i'm not sure but i would like to know about ironically, that ironically the only symbolism i 
can think of for dolphins is that um is lesbians <laughs> but there aren't any in this movie so no that's, <laughs> no that's um, know of yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then there was some odd some odd things like i was there was some nudity that and nudity doesn't bother me if it has a point in the story but in some places like when the girl in the dolphin <laughs> when she, she was doing the trick with the dolphin and it pulled her top down in front of all these small children I was like well what are they yeah. trying to show me with that so it was a very interesting movie and I was confused by that scene just to you so brought it up I was so confused at first I thought it was Eddie's dream like because he kind of has visions or dreams and stuff but then I was like oh my god that really happened and people are okay with that like uh, England is that progressive? Like, I didn't think it was. And then one more thing yeah. before I let someone else <laughs> talk. Like, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but the last thing was uh, has to do with the visions. I wasn't sure where the visions came from or what what the purpose of the visions were. And then I was very upset that he died at the end um, yeah. because I thought, well, that was all for nothing. There was no closure with his mom or his dad. Like, I felt like it didn't come. Oh, yeah. They left a lot of loose ends. So, it's, yeah. it's, again, not really characterized very strongly. No context before and no, anyway. I, I think maybe he just has a very uh, healthy fantasy life. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that uh, the top coming off of, of uh, during the dolphin show scene, I was like, I, I think I know a lot about how the, the morality of Britain and, and sort of like what, what, it, what it's like. And I don't think that that would fly in reality. Yeah, I didn't see that either. And yeah. I, my favorite part of that though, is that she then puts her a new top on and asks if any of the kids have questions. And I just so badly <laughs> yeah, wanted yeah. like a little girl to stand up and say, yes, will my boobs ever be as big as yours? <laughs> because if I was a kid, I'd be like, okay, dolphins, cool. But then this happened that that's all I would be able to think about. Like, yeah, no, I don't yeah. like that either. okay, so let's, uh, let's go to Takia now. Okay. I liked a lot. I like the imagery of this movie, especially with the um, clips of my notes here. Um, I, I didn't understand the whole, okay, I guess for me that the dolphins symbolized me wanting to be free. And I mean, that's how Eddie felt. Uh, yeah. When he's free, true. free to be loved, free to be accepted, free to be himself type thing. You know, this was the 80s. And I think I heard of a reference to um, AIDS. And uh, it was, they didn't say the word AIDS, but I, that could be wrong. But it was something like, like, like gays are a disease. They brought this disease here. Oh, yeah. His, that's or his father was said, you know, there's a disease killing them now. Yes. He was making it sound um, like they deserve it. And this is why it's happening. Yeah. So it, I think that's still, you know, even... Is, this is not America, this is in London. I, I think the same premise was going on there that, that you know, AIDS is kind of a gay man's disease and, and, and it still wasn't probably, you know, being gay wasn't widely accepted, of course, as you can see what was going on in Eddie's life. So I thought the dolphin heavily symbolized that and wanted to just be free one day. The man I was kind of confused about though, uh, the man that turned to a dolphin that there was a, a man, wet man. Yeah. A wet man, what was he showing that? up wet. <laughs> what I'm was still that about? Sure, yeah. I mean, he freed Michael in the end, Mike in the end. I know. So I, anyway, yeah. Um, Is that like his I, ideal, like who he would like to be? Uh, an older man who's free, like the dolphins. So he's always wet. But <laughs> what, what is about the, the you know, he, he was, what was about him that was so 
freeing. Like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get I didn't get that. He was, somebody, he was associated with dolphins and water. But anyway, um, somehow actually I like the being an artist. I like the imagery of the, of the water. How he, how he I like those um, uh, dream sequences yeah. too. Like when he's underwater, but it's his bedroom, like the whole bedroom's flooded and he opens the window. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. A lot of his life, it seemed like he's focused on wanting to be free like when, when they were the dolphins. And of course in the end, if you guys saw, he was free like as a dolphin. Like you know, he was it's sad if he died, but like you know, he could see he's free to be, I mean, yeah. <laughs> his soul was free type thing. So um, I like the, um, I guess the mix of like the, the thriller. I mean, it, it was, there were kind of a lot of things kind of happening. I think it could have been bought together better. I will say just like you guys were saying, um, like the the, faint, the the rich lady and the guy, I feel like that, like, like she was having sex with him at one point. What was that about? Like why, why was, oh, I know why. I, never mind. I know why that was for him. Yeah, I would like to see, I see more, a lot more character development and where, you know, their home life, uh, especially, um, I guess we knew a little bit about Eddie's because you can see the uh, the boyfriend of his mom was very, uh, you know, uh, tolerant and very, you know, brutal to him, you know, um, and so I would like to see more background, but um, yeah, those are my questions. Like, oh, oh, I like the villain. The villain was actually one of my favorites because I liked his whole sinister, ominous thing. I know it's weird focusing on that, but I just think he was like the perfect villain. I didn't want it, I didn't need to cast him because he was just the perfect casting yeah, he, of the villain. He was kind of like a Bond villain. He was very campy. Like he even, he I loved that. gay characters. It was like he was playing some part. It was very strange. He was all drama. Yeah, um, at one point it looked, he was doing the, the sword with the samurai thing in the room. It looked like he had a dress on. I was like- Yeah, he was wearing some skirt. A closeted gay himself. Why? Maybe. Why did he use the tiny little knife to kill Eddie <laughs> when he had access to these gigantic like machete? Samurai, machete, the samurai. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Then he had on makeup at, at like toward the end when he was in the pool area. So I was like, maybe he's he's a closeted gay. Is why he hates other gays. He hates himself. They he's do. Try, the, yeah. uh, the guy who hires him in the beginning makes the comment, "Oh, but you love to to beat up on the little queer boys, right?" It, it almost seems like. Mm -hmm. um, that maybe he's saying that he does it because he's self-loathing and he wants mm -hmm. to like punish them because they, he's also the same way. They, 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 they touch on that in um in 13, 13 reasons why. Oh shoot. Yeah, Monty. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> as, as the thing by season three, season three, season four. I think it was season three. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm forget, forgetting now. It was like three seasons, but I think but Thursday. Spoiler alert for anybody who is still here oh. to watch 13 Reasons Why. I'm trying to be as discreet as possible, but there was a re that's the reason why he did what he did. That's all I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> You're right. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I don't want to get too far into it. So um, I think that happens in real life as well. The, 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 especially those who may grow up in a more conservative household, you know, whatnot. And, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, with, and, oh, and then the terms they use were, were interesting. Um, I'm sorry, switching back to um, in the, the British terms for, I guess, for, for gay, uh, poof, and yeah, poof, there yeah. a couple of ones. Uh, that was kind of learning experience there. I heard poof in, I think, thir in 13, no, in uh, sex education. I heard that yeah. before. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So hearing some of the terminology that they use in their like, culture, in their culture, I mean, like in the British culture was kind of interesting too. There was, so. there was some good slang in there. I had to turn yeah. on the subtitles, but my subtitles didn't actually understand most of it. Oh, and really? I, I ended up catching more than the subtitles did. 
Mm. But my favorite one, just to call it out, was when he's uh, by the ocean with that girl. He says, mm-hmm. I, did, I don't have my swimming cosy with me. Costume. 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 For, for costume, like a so swimming it's, costume. It's a swimming costume. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's cute. A cozy. I want to yeah. start using that. <laughs> and then I liked um uh knickers are underwear. That yeah. that's a cute little term. I heard that from some other British shows I've watched. And so anyway, that it was kind of fun. You know, I like the fact that it, it wasn't an American movie, it was kind of in, in a you know, being in a different culture in London and whatnot. So that's also kind of fun here seeing this always take place in a different, yeah. Yeah, you know, so westernized. I'm- culture but yeah okay i'm, I'm done i'm sorry I, I, on, I, I, on what you and and, and shelly have also already said on yeah. um characterization of the character uh, of the characters <laughs> we were done it again uh i i think it was weird I, I think the last time we see his parents are halfway through the movie mm-hmm. and so there's no resolution for them at the end and i even found myself thinking like so he wrote his name in the guest book at the club and so the police know who they are and they're after them, but we never go back to find out, like, did the police come and talk to the parents? Like, oh yeah. And that's a little yeah. weird for me because I'm used to seeing a movie that, you know, they touch all these bases when you're telling a full story and it yeah. kind of just skipped a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to add one more thing. And- Interesting <laughs> with the, um, the, the Eddie was, I guess, the interracial, the interracial relationship. They didn't touch a lot, the, 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 you didn't see a lot of that in the 80s with the um showing interracial relationships i thought that's kind of interesting that his mom was close was white and you know and then i guess true i was yeah. not clear was that his, that was her boyfriend or step, stepfather his, i thought that was his dad oh my gosh yeah. he didn't act like a dad at all i didn't hear him say it was his him, father his biological did he, father did he say dad no but i think she said i think it was a i'm pretty sure it was implied that or they said that it was his dad at the very beginning, like when he I came so home. Too, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, he made me want to hit him. He was just like, wow. He was awful. As his father, wow. And, and then he was the- awful to the mom when halfway through he was being so awful to her. I yeah. kind of wanted to see that resolution of her like smacking him and like, get out. You, my son is missing because of you, you know. She had even warned. Yeah, she didn't even warn him. Hey, don't don't your man watch your mannerisms because your dad's about to walk in. He doesn't like that. And yeah, and I hated like, that. I was like, don't tell him to be so. Yeah. So I and I know that goes on in some families even now. Maybe not, not as off, not as often, but that still happens. I I, I I get the impression it's probably more with more alpha male fathers. I can see that they're probably maybe less accepting of their sons. So. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so also on what you had mentioned about how this was, you know, they'd mentioned the disease and this mm-hmm. place, you know, in the late 80s, mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the AIDS crisis, the apparently the director said that the murderer mm-hmm. signifies HIV AIDS oh. and, oh. him, and the dolphin area is his sanctuary from it. So you're kind of on the right track there, like, but uh, I it was, the killer represents that sort of, you know, sort of a, an emotionless almost mute you know did that young lady that they were kind of friends with did she say that she had relations with the dolphin i don't know catch that no because when they were having that conversation (laughs) and she said i felt so bad she felt bad for him the dolphin activist that she let him, I forget the term that she used. Oh, but. right, right. Oh, he was randy with a <laughs> like, Oh, she thought, I, I, might, I thought I might just give him a wank, is what she said. 
Oh. Because he um, seemed very excited about her. <laughs> I didn't see the bestiality thing of that. I didn't think that she was into that. I, I wanted her to explain to me, how do you give a wank to a dolphin? I, <laughs> I thought that was going to be her follow-up comment. Well, that, that, according could. to that um, lady whose top the dolphin pulled off, she said, well, as all the men can see, he's a male. So I assumed that meant... Oh, just because he like he wanted to see her tits. Hello, girl. Yeah, so she's off. making a joke like that's why he took my top off. It's like um, that's crazy. By the way, the dolphin's <laughs> name was Sooty. Yes, it was Sooty. If yeah. you grew up in London or in the UK, um, that would have a special meaning to you because Sooty is actually the name of a long-running children's uh, uh, teddy bear puppet. Who mm-hmm. he's, he's gold he, or he's yellow and he has um, black ears and a black nose and he's been on television since the 60s oh wow so i thought that was really cute when i heard that i was like oh he's sooty um so what was i gonna say oh and by the way that girl um the dolphin the animal rights protester uh you've heard me mention it before but she's a perfect example of a of a manic pixie dream girl and because of that she kind of annoyed me i mean i was okay with her until she suddenly decided out of nowhere i'm gonna take all my clothes off and swim in the ocean come join me and i'm like what <laughs> Yeah, I didn't feel read the like room. Shelley, not interesting. Like what Shelly was saying, I, I that didn't seem it seemed a little like a desperate attempt to put some nudity in the film. Like it didn't. Oh, it's, it's, it's funny though because for a gay film oh, up yeah. until that point, there was sure a lot of female nudity. Until later on in the swimming scene and stuff, but other than that, I was like. Who's their audience? <laughs> Maybe they thought the gay storyline would be more palatable to an audience if at least there was some female nudity in it. Like, I don't know. Straight female nudity? Oh, I want to add a woman thing about uh, Robbie Coltrane did. And fantastic. I, I love, like, I it's been seeing, he, seeing his versatility from being a drag queen to, then I saw him. I think I was first introduced to him in, in um, A Vicious Huckleberry Finn. And, um, and of course, Harry Potter. So I like I, seeing his kind of body of work is really cool too. Yeah. Yeah, that's another good reason to do this movie now because yeah. uh, listeners, uh, when we're recording, Robbie Coltrane uh, just died a few weeks ago. So it's on everybody's mind. And of course, he's most beloved. He will be beloved forever for playing Hagrid mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter movie. So mm-hmm. this was an interesting early film to see for me. It was 34 years ago. And um and he was playing a very sweet drag queen and i honestly did not uh expect that his character would be the one that was the murder that they i saw. did so not either. once i realized that was Ooh. happening i was like oh no i didn't I either Whoa. <laughs> make it somebody else That's i know yeah but and you know it shows the persecution of of clubs like that you know marginalized and that that other club owner was like i won't stand for this and he was willing to have her murdered for for owning a club like that and doing well as yeah. if as if she was stealing any of his clientele. I mean, I don't think any of those people were going to his bars. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to Ruth. Okay, so um, I kind of feel the same way as far as like how Shelly was saying about more of the backstory. So I know we got a little bit into Eddie's life, but um, his friend, I keep on forgetting his name. Is it Michael? Michael is the white oh. friend boy, yeah. Okay, so um, I wish I kind of knew more about his backstory too, to see what had brought him into um, doing the prostitution type stuff too, um, like for a reason for why he ran away from home and all that too. But um, 
I was also just another thing I noticed which really irked me was that these young kids how awful all the adults were to them I mean the mom wasn't as bad but trying to take advantage of these children like they go to the gay club and and initially they're kind of he's kind of like oh you shouldn't come in and then how they are with uh, Michael getting up on stage and dancing around and I mean they had to have known that they were too young and yeah Annabelle definitely knew but um yeah I thought that was a little strange and I expected Shelly to bring that up <laughs> as <laughs> underage performers I think the actors Under- were both 17 when they did this uh but I did I did look it up and um the age of consent for all straight people for a long time in in the UK has been 16 so it wouldn't have been an issue. Now, it wasn't that case in 1988 for, for gay men. For gay men in 1988, it was uh, 21, uh, which was over-restrictive. They were obviously trying to make like a point or something. And then I guess in 1994, they put it down to, uh, to 18, which is still higher than the other, the, you know, everyone else's. Uh, but it wasn't until two, the year 2000, I think, where they finally said, okay, everyone's just the age of consent 16, no matter what. So, so that made me feel a little bit better. Like, okay, there's nothing really creepy going on here. This is, this is not a, a big deal. It's, it would be a big deal here, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so it depends on where you want to position your morality. <laughs> I guess my, my mind is set because I was thinking, well, I guess it's 18 also. So it kind of made me even more cringe, but um with that but also the one thing too was he was a horrible dancer which he was just waving his arms up and i was like he can do something i don't know that made me mad because the other person was a good dancer and i was like okay he's only getting this attention and and winning because he's pretty and because he's tripped yes up until then it was neck and neck until he started until he started stripping and my entire thinking during that strip was how is he going to get his clothes back if he's throwing it to the crowd? That is <laughs> what I thought too. They're just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're in all these different directions. I would think that those people would keep it and be like, oh, I'm keeping his shoe. I'm keeping his sock. I'm keeping his shirt. I think um, they would. But he got them all back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that his only outfit? <laughs> it's cold outside. It's in England. <laughs> I was so, I was, is anyone else mad when, was his name Vincent, the opera singer? Yes. When he, at first I was like, oh, he's a good guy. Look, he's going to take them, you know, he give, but he just took advantage. I, I think it was taking advantage of a 16 year old. Oh, he really was. It was basically I, great. Kid. I agree. And with you, Shelley. I thought I was like, oh, he seems like such a nice guy. The way he's talking with Eddie. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. Both, both the woman and the hey, guy yes. raped that that boy and And what was he was i mean they were using him and he was getting money from them i assumed that that was why he wasn't he had to demand it at the end well i thought he was getting money from the lady that's why he slept with her the arrangement was she because she wasn't going to turn him in yeah yeah that was kind of that was that kind of silent acknowledgement they had where she then turned the cop or the security away. I also, I hated how um, cold they were about it too. Her line, when she's about to drive away and she was like, by the way, Vincent, uh, that uh, I've taken my 10% and she has yeah. this little smirk. I was like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Which is sad because for both those characters, 
initially, I liked them both. Like the way she yeah. was kind of playfully teasing him about like yeah. put the money back that that I was like, oh, she could be a really cool character. But then I was like, oh, yeah. and then same with Vincent. I was like, oh, what are you guys doing? Yeah, but and then I, sorry, uh, I was Vincent. Gonna say, oh, maybe I'm not. Go ahead. No, 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 go. <laughs> I was going to say that um, uh, I wrote a note here that, uh, unfortunately, I remember, you know, especially, you know, I, I was, you know, came out in a small town 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. And unfortunately, that was, it's a very common thing for these very young guys who are just like hitting the scene to sort of be taken under the wing by these moneyed older men. And sometimes, you know, especially if they come from nothing and don't really have any options, being affectionate and you know maybe more with these guys is their only option and uh you know it, it happens a lot um my other thing too was like they were both being taken of their innocence but michael kind of even though he wasn't being protected he was protecting his friend from um you know being abused by vincent yeah. And he didn't know. He was like, oh, you know, he thought he seemed like he was such a nice guy. But then um he basically told Vincent, like, don't lay a hand on him. Like basically you can do whatever you need to yeah. do me, but don't go for him. Because I was kind of right about that too. I was like, Eddie's so innocent and like pure yeah. that it would be sad if Vincent tries to do that with him as well. But it seems like yeah. they just left him alone. And on the characterization issue, I also wish that um at some point, Michael and Eddie had had a heart to heart about that. And, and Eddie had realized because they kept Eddie so innocent right until the very end. They like, should have let it that get to like acknowledgement from his character. Yeah, he, I, I think he should have known more about his life, his life and what had happened and, and how good of a friend Michael was trying to be. And but instead, he just thought Michael was a constant liar and maybe a thief and a prostitute. And is like, you know, and Michael just let him die. Okay, that bothered me because I swear- what? He could have to... dumped him in an ER and not had to say anything, but I mean, he could have say, tried something. When the credits were rolling and I was finalizing my notes, I actually had to rewind because I was sure that I must've missed something because he, he runs out of that like parking garage. He's like, I'm gonna go get help. But he full on just saves the dolphin instead. Yeah. <laughs> which is a whole big scene and then runs back to find that of course he's he's dying That's and i was like come on dude like tell somebody that he's up there stabbed yeah so it's his fault basically i thought that was a little bit of poor writing too like we took this little break to do this magical adventure dolphin freedom thing when this kid is dying but why like why what was the purpose of that the symbolism i guess like it was i mean i get it like it's a really wonderful thing to do for your friend who was who really wanted the dolphin to be freed so you're like that's the thing i'm gonna do for him but it's like you could also <laughs> I'm not save gonna life. save him that's probably more important <laughs> because he could have been saved he was bleeding out for a long time yeah, yeah. all night long i mean come on dude <laughs> yeah but you know they're 16 i don't know maybe i'd be stupid at 16 like that too i was pretty dumb Okay, so can we move on to Fahad? Are you waiting for a yes from everybody or are you yeah. waiting? Sure. Um, so, I mean, pretty much a lot of the thoughts have already been said. I agree with everything everybody has said. Uh, what I would say is the first half of the movie while watching it, I was really into it. I was really enjoying it. I was like, this is a fun movie. I like where this is going. But it was that second half where it went from kind of one or two big story points to like 30 different things that the movie was trying to be. 
Um, so like looking at it from a high level, I still come out of it like, oh, I enjoyed the movie. You know, it, was, it was enjoyable to watch. But then when you kind of look at it deeper, you start to pick apart and be like, what exactly were they trying to do? So it starts off, you know, the story of young gay boys and a coming of age story. And, you know, with this bad family backgrounds, all this kind of stuff. And uh, then it turns into like this thriller. And I was like, okay, I can see how this could be fun, like a fun twist on this story. These two boys, you know, trying to run away from their home life or get caught in this thriller, this murder thing going on. And now they have to run away and be on the run. And it's all going to be about that. But then it turns into this whole like, you know, living with the guy and, you know, all that stuff going on. But then the story of environmental activism and saving the dolphins and kind of bringing back again. Oh, guys, don't forget, it's still a murder movie where they're being chased by the killer. And it goes back. Oh, but don't forget, we're trying to save the dolphin. Oh, but don't forget, these are young boys coming of age. You know, and it's like, okay, what, what, what's going on? Oh, and also don't forget, we're going to be a little bit artsy at times and very symbolic. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's trying to do a lot at once. Um, but overall, I still came out of it like, oh, that was pretty enjoyable. Um, in terms of some of the story points, I agree with everybody. I think the weirdest part of the movie was the girl getting her top taken off by the dolphin. <laughs> I, I still don't know how to react to that. <laughs> like, because the girl's like, okay, this is going to be a little, con like, this has never been done before. And you will see why. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. it's over. And I thought the dolphin, <laughs> I thought the cool act was going to be that the dolphin's going to jump higher than any dolphin has jumped before to, like, give her a kiss or something. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. You did more than I, that. And then when she pulled uh, the top got the off. second base. <laughs> well, I thought when she pulled the top off, the girl was going to cover herself up and be mortified, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. But I was like, oh, that was the trick. Um, so the movie did have a few moments, though, where I – kind of was focused on the wrong part of what was going on. Like I said, when the boy was stripping, I was more worried about what, how's he going to get his clothes back? And then when Eddie was attacking Michael in the arcade and Michael takes out all of, wait, is his name Michael? Yes. Yeah, yeah. takes out all of that money and Eddie slaps it away. I'm like, oh no, who's going to, all that money is sitting on the pool table. Are those guys going to start taking it? And I wasn't yeah. caring. Did you see that one of them did reach for it? I did see one guy started reaching over. I'm like, all that money, like Eddie, you're an idiot. For real. Um, so I, at moments I was focused on the wrong thing, but overall, I think I wish it focused more on them being on the run from the killer and the cops trying to hunt them down because Eddie wrote his name and like made a point of it. You wrote your name in the book. And it's like, but that didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. and I wanted the cops to kind of be on the chasing them and the killer chasing them more and all of that. And I thought it was going to be when they, Vincent, was that his name? Yeah. When they stayed at Vincent's house, I thought he was going to get roped into it more and kind of help them. And they'd all be trying to run away from yeah. the killer. I know he got beaten up by the guy, but still, I thought it was going to all go there, but once it brought in the save the dolphin, save the environment, get naked, swim in the ocean, all that kind of stuff, it just started losing its central focal, focal point, I think. Um, and it kind of lost me there, but like I said, then it would come back to the murder stuff. And like Takiya said, the killer was very interesting. I liked watching him with his big uh, katanas or machetes and whatnot. And he definitely was very into like that ninja Japanese culture with that outfit he was wearing. Um, yeah. But going back to what you all were saying about how he could be a self-loathing gay person 
who likes to beat up and attack other gay people. It could be that, or he, even if he is gay, it could just be he'll, he goes to the highest bidder. If these people pay him to kill these people, to beat these people up, he'll do it. He doesn't care who it is. It's money. Um, he seems to just enjoy the thrill of the kill and the thrill of the hunt. So it could just be he does that and he's not self-loathing or anything. He just likes to kill. Um, but uh, the other part that threw me off was, yeah, the visions of the guy. And at, at one point when the guy was in the water with Eddie, the vision of the guy, I thought it kind of looked like the killer, just not wearing any makeup on his face. It was a little because they had similar looks to them. So I thought, is Eddie having traditions of the killer before they even meet the killer? And all this kind of it was I didn't know where that was going, but I still don't know what that whole what that symbolized that guy himself. Like, who was he? Is he meant to be that ideal man of Eddie's dreams and his savior and that kind of stuff. But I do agree the symbolism of the dolphin is more of that sense of freedom. He always had that dolphin statue at his house. He probably looked at it and was like, I'd love to be free like a dolphin. And that's just been kind of that symbol he always goes back to. Um, thank you, Fahad. Uh, yeah, I, uh, just a few things to wrap up. Uh, to your points, yeah, I feel like, um, I think the production value for this movie maybe wasn't as high as I expected it to be for like a thriller adventure. And maybe that affected like the way I was interpreting each, every, all the scenes. I also would say that I, I don't need a movie to be obvious, but like a lot of you have said, I, I do think that maybe they weren't clear enough on the connections between all these different elements they were introducing, like weren't clear that they were symbolic. Uh, you know, why are we doing this free the dolphin thing? You know, why are we talking about Vincent and this kind of abuse situation? So um, that may be part of it too. Um, on the subject of what it all means, I know that the director said the killer is HIV AIDS and the Dolphinarium is sanctuary. And we've talked about dolphins are freedom. I also felt like the whole movie was a, a lot about how all your dreams kind of die because <laughs> it happens to his mother. And then of course, Eddie starts seeing the world a little bit differently and Michael too, like their, their innocence is kind of taken from them. And, you know, what could have been like a good life and it could have been exciting, but like, oh, we'll run away together and we'll take care of each other. They realize like, you know, the world's just not set up that way and um, that's not how it's going to work out. And that was pretty sad. Um, I, I had this note here. I was like, is, it, when I'm trying to figure out like what the different parts of the movie meant, I said, is Michael's obsession with slot machines about him gambling with his life by being sexually active, like on the theme of, mm. you know, the AIDS crisis? Mm. Yeah. And I said, and I, then I also noticed somebody pointed out, like, why do you use this tiny knife? And I, I said, at the, uh, at, I said, the, the first time that Eddie is penetrated, quote unquote, he dies. Is it, is that like a cautionary tale? Like, is it just a six inch blade and, but it's, and it's only once, but it kills him. Uh, but I don't know, maybe, you know, thinking too deeply into some of that, <laughs> maybe it's just because you, it's hard to hide a machete in your pants uh, when you're, you know, walking around a dolphinarium in the daylight. Yeah, you don't hear um, people going, is that a machete in your pocket or are you just happy? To <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so I, I was, uh, because this was a game movie in the late 80s, I was also scared the whole time that something was going to happen to one of them. But then the movie like went on long enough that I thought, I think they're both going to make it because it seems like this is a little more lighthearted. Again, this is probably due to the production value. It's like, this seems a little more lighthearted than I thought it was going to be. Um, there's not, they're not in constant danger from the killer or the cops or anything like that. But then he does die. And I thought, oh, of course, of course, of course. Because I don't know if you guys know, but there's this trope called bury your gaze, which describes the fact that for a long time and to a certain extent still, 
if you have a gay character in a, in a movie or on TV, they have to die. Like they're not allowed to live and have a happy ending. So it's, it's almost like a given. Like if there's a gay character, that person's probably gonna die, especially if you're watching a movie from this time period. <laughs> Another note I had was, if you remember when they go to the hotel, uh, Eddie is having that conversation with Vincent at the piano and he talks about how, oh, I love this hotel. Isn't it so nice? And it's called the Adelphi Hotel. And Vincent says something about, yeah, I think it's from the Greek for, I think it means dolphin. And he's like, oh my gosh. And then he pulls that statue out of his bag. Well, I'm a little annoyed by that part because I looked it up and Adelphi is actually from the Greek for, it's not from the Greek for dolphin. And I don't know if that was just like a huge mistake on the part of the writers where they just didn't know, have their facts straight. Um, it's interesting, interesting though, because Adelphi is actually from the Greek for brother. And I thought, what if it was done on purpose so that people who maybe were in the know would know that the real meaning of that, the whole dolphin sort of motif is, is, is brotherhood and brotherly love. And that's like him and Michael. And so that's, that, that was the, the point. Like that was the one true pure thing in the movie and everything else was bad. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and then the last two notes I have about the story in general is that uh, it's called The Fruit Machine because as you find out in, in the story, that's the name of that club they go to where they witness the murder. But uh, if you listened carefully, a song actually plays called The Fruit Machine, which was performed by a performer from the 80s called Paul Lekekis. I'm probably saying his name terribly. I think it's Greek. Uh, who actually had a, a few singles. You might know Boom Boom. Let, uh, let's go back to my room. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. Uh, so that was like his most famous hit. So he actually that one. wrote a song oh, called yeah. The Fruit Machine for this movie, and it's the theme for this movie. But it's also called that because oh, yeah. there was a, a device used in the 50s, 60s, and beyond a bit uh, invented in Canada called The Fruit Machine, which this uh, you know pseudoscientist claimed could tell you whether a person was gay or not. And it involved pointing a camera at your eyes and then showing you images of uh, mundane things, but also uh, men and women in pornographic situations. And it would measure your pulse, your perspiration, and your the dilation of your eyes. And they claimed that that could tell you uh, uh, certainly whether somebody was gay or not. Obviously, it didn't really work, and so it had to be decommissioned. But so that was where the name comes from. Uh, and there was a documentary in 2018 called I, The Fruit Machine. I found that out too. And I, I think I want to watch it. So I'm going to look that up. Uh, so that uh, those are all my notes on the actual story. So we've talked about the actual plot and how it all plays out. But uh, now let's talk about just briefly the actors and how people performed in the movie. If you have any comments about that. And we can start with Fahad because he was already going to jump in there. So you can go ahead and go first this time. So from an acting perspective, I think it was hit or miss. Um, I think the boys did a good job. I think they were completely fine with their acting. I think um, even uh, Vincent, that lady, I think that lady was great. There was something about her. I just really liked uh, the one that took advantage of Michael. Not that she took advantage of Michael, but I think overall, most of that acting was fine. I guess maybe I was just really thrown off by how badly the of an actress the mother was. I just thought she was really bad um, in terms of the acting um, and up against like the father. I thought he did a good job playing like a scumbag. It's just, she was just so campy and outrageous. Like the way she would deliver her lines. I'm like, you're not in a campy English British soap opera here. You know, you're like in this movie. Um, 
otherwise I thought the acting was fine. That's it. Uh, funny story about that woman you said you liked. Uh, I think the character she played was named Eve, uh, the one who rapes the boy. Uh, she is actually played by Claire Higgins. And you know her as Julia, the main character, uh, the mother in Hellraiser, a movie. Oh, <laughs> dude, I was like tripping, totally not on drugs. No, I mean, like when I saw her face, it was you driving recognize me. Her? Absolutely nuts! Like I know this woman. Where I was, I looked on um in Wikipedia and also that it just wasn't coming to me. I didn't see the Hellraiser symbol on there or anything. I didn't go into her page though. But I think I it's funny her. because Bahad does not like Hellraiser. So, <laughs> Eric, thank you because I was like, this is boring. <laughs> anyway, that was giving me a mind trip. Like I know this woman. It's, and I was like, this that other woman with the cat eyes, not Jane Krakowski, is another one that looks. What's that lady name? Oh my gosh. I'll come to be my sleep. Anyway, she that's what she reminded me of. I didn't think she was that acting back in the 80s. I think that was her. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us now uh, how you felt about the actors and the acting oh. performances? I liked it. It was, I, I wouldn't say Academy Award winning, uh, you know. BAFTA award winning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it was good. Like, like I said, de- decent for the movie. You know, it, it, um, they, I didn't feel like I was watching like, you know, terrible acting. Like, it, 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 using terrible acting kind of brings the movie down for me. And I'm, I'm like kind of turned off by it. The woman was, the, his mom was a former actress. So I wondered maybe that's why she talked the way she did, like like a dramatic woman anyway, because she was already a former actress. Yeah, that could have been part of her character. Was. That's why I was, that's the way be. I read that. Yeah, <laughs> she already kind of dreams, she still wants, I guess, to be, she still you know, wants to be an a famous actress, or I don't know, did she get like a, a part as a barmaid or something recently. She said she almost got the part. She almost did. She didn't go back. Her claim to fame. But it might so, alternate up. <laughs> so she, she talks that way because she's just has her dreams of being in Hollywood and still wanting to be that person, that, that actress or not. So that's why I, I, I read that. Um, like I said, the, the villain was amazing. And I, I um, uh, yeah. I don't have much to say about the acting because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I've heard terrible acting. And like I said, it didn't turn... Nothing, it didn't turn me off in the movie or anything. When the acting was, 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 was good. It was on point. Yeah. So like I, said, I think my favorite one is probably Wally, Wally Coltrane's character. He, said he, he, just, he just does, that's, you know, he's stupendous with what he does. So, I forgot to yeah. mention him. I loved his character. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where I am with it. Yeah. Okay. It didn't turn, it didn't turn me off. <laughs> How about you, Ruth? Um, I thought the acting was was good overall um i liked i thought the the boys did a good job but um yeah there's definitely some good actors in there i thought um vincent was a good actor because he was able to seem like this very charming great guy and then completely awful and then you know how awful he was to he the became children. a sleaze yeah yeah he started was. so elegant and then becomes a sleaze ball that's really yeah gross transformation exactly and, okay. Um, Hagrid. So yeah. <laughs> and Hagrid. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Shelley? So I liked Eddie. I have to disagree. Um, Michael, he grew on me. But when I first, I thought his there was something about his voice that drove me crazy. It sounded yeah. like he was being dubbed over, like it was like a cartoon voice. <laughs> so when I first was watching it, it it just drove me crazy. I kept trying to look and see did they re put his voice over it because it was so 
high. It just drove me crazy. It didn't sound real. So it took me out of that. But I didn't mind the mom. The And the dad did a great job. He was angry. I mean, he did very small parts. So overall, the acting, I thought it was good. It was fair. It was uh, medium, medium acting. <laughs> okay. Except, except medium. for, of course, Rob uh, Hagrid, as we all know him. He, um, you could just tell he's a breakout. Like you knew he, th- was this his first movie? Correct. I thought I read that somewhere. Oh, I don't know. First of all, well, you could tell he was going to be a star. All right. But not for another 20 years. No, we, uh, 13. Well, mega huge movie star, but he had other like uh, other roles. From I'm there. sure he has. Like he's one of those. I'm sure that everyone in the UK knew. Um, and we was. just don't know because he didn't do American productions or something like that. You know? Yeah, I, um, I actually felt, I think, the opposite of Fahad. The kids, I felt, were a little awkward and amateurs. There were there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, this is like cringeworthy. They're not that great. There was this particular scene that I'm going to remember forever. And I kind of love it because it's it's very campy. Uh, but when they are trying to run out of the club and the killer's chasing them and Michael's behind the gate and he sees the guy come out on the fire escape, they cut to Michael's face and he, and he, go, he gasps audibly. He goes, just for a real quick moment and then they cut back and I was like oh my gosh that is so hokey <laughs> and I'm sure that you know the director said now gasp and he was like okay <gasps> I, just, I don't know uh, but oh, they just felt like teenagers to me those two kids have really not acted uh much in beyond this but the other actors like the one who plays Eve that we talked about Vincent's uh the Vince the guy who plays Vincent and of course Robbie Coltrane and even the killer went on to be very famous uh, even Dolphin Man has been in like big things since then. Dolphin Man, uh, the wet man, he was in um, uh, Alien versus Predator, <laughs> which I haven't seen, but I know Fahad has. What about what about activist girl? I don't know anything about her, but the but these other people, um, they are actually like award winning actors. So mm. I thought it was a little strange they were in this production because, like I said, I didn't think that it was like super super high quality a lot of the times it felt like I was watching a soap opera um because I've seen some you know scenes from like uh you know Australian or British soap operas and it sort of plays a bit the same way in the acting is about the same quality so um I did want to call out uh that I I gasped audibly when they cut to me when I found out later after I was going through IMDb uh, I saw that the the actor who played Eddie his name is Emil Charles and I looked at the name, the last name Charles, and I looked at his face and I was like, oh my gosh, it can't be. And I looked it up and miraculously, it's true. He is the younger brother of an actor named Craig Charles, who I know very, very well. So here's a little weird story, which I'm telling these little weird stories to Fahad all the time. But for the last week and a half, for absolutely no reason, I have had the theme song to one of my favorite British television series stuck in my head. And the series is called Red Dwarf. So I've been singing this song in my head the whole time. So I'm thinking about the show while I'm every time it happens. And Craig Charles, Emil Charles's older brother, was the star of that show. And in fact, Emil Charles appeared on an episode where he plays a younger version of his brother. This blew my mind. So, so I was shocked uh, after that. And I'm gonna have to now. I want to rewatch that show because then I'll see him playing playing young Lister. Um, that'll be very exciting for me the second time around. Uh, okay, so I think we can actually move on from here to 
ba 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 recast. So if anyone uh, doesn't remember, we close each episode with the recast game where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray our character in the film instead. So let's start with Ruth. Okay, so the killer, um, I don't know why I couldn't get this guy out of my head. It just all of a sudden he popped in my head or reminded me of him. Is the guy, um, I think it's from Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, he's he's doing his machete like drama moves and then he suddenly does that tumble and stands up. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like moose. And that's true. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, let's do Fahad. For my recast, I'm not trying to knock on her or anything, but I'm recasting the mom. You just hated her. Uh, because I'm just going with that campiness that she gave. I mean, I recasted her with Camille Codery. Oh, Eric, do you know who she is? I don't think I know the name. She plays Jackie Tyler on Doctor Who, Rose's mom. I was, I was thinking about her too, because she has a similar thing, you know? She, like I used to be young. First, yeah, on first glance, she reminded me a lot of Susan Boyle. But <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I was like, Susan Boyle's not an actress, so I'll go with Camille. So Camille Cotery as my recast for the mom. I love it. You probably would have liked her more. She would have been funnier yes. and less sad, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so let's do Shelly next. So I wanted to recast Michael because his voice just drove me crazy. <laughs> I picked Ka- Cameron, all right, now Monahan. Monahan? Monahan. Monahan. Yes, he was perfect. That is so ironic because uh, after I watched Fruit Machine last night, I put on a uh, fringe to watch before bed because I've been rewatching it and I like to put it on at night right before I go to sleep and I'll watch a couple episodes. The last episode I saw last night starred a very young Cameron Monaghan oh. as the killer. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so that's so bizarre that you brought him up. <laughs> love I him. love him, by the way. Me too. And he's played gay before on Shameless, which mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of. Yeah, love Shameless. Or at least the first three seasons. Well, there weren't there like 10? That's yeah. a lot of seasons to not like. <laughs> well, I stopped watching after that. Okay. I, it got to be too shameless. Oh, okay. All right. So let's go to Takia. Okay, I uh, recast um, Michael as Freddie Highmore. Yes. Because oh, yeah. Uh, the had that boyish look. Bates Motel. Yes, the base motel. I actually wrote down a bunch of things he was in. Um, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Spiderwick yeah. Chronicles, August Rush, Finding Neverland. He had oh, a yeah. boyish look that mm-hmm. I like, was kind of. He's the so good what? doctor, right? The good doctor, that show that's on popular. Yeah. Well, Eric, what would you say? The, the, the kind of, what, what kind of would you say? He has innocence, right? Yes, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's perfect for Michael. I tried to cast Eddie. I couldn't find one that was, I don't know, I couldn't, this wasn't working. I couldn't find, because he, he just has this look, a whole different look on his own. It kind of sits, it sits, all, sits off by itself. So, yeah. You know what's funny sit, with, go ahead. Oh, do you know what's funny with your casting? Go ahead. 
Ruth cast the killer with Gene Wilder, who was Willy Wonka and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate oh, Factory. Yeah. You recast it with Freddie Highmore, who was the kid and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. That's the recast Michael. <laughs> Another connection. That is wow. interesting. Wow. I said, I, I almost wanted to cast the villain, but then I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, he just, to me, just stood alone in his villainous, ominous things. So it was almost like he was in a, his, a different movie <laughs> and everyone else was in yeah. it. Apparently he was in Passenger 57 and did yeah. all kinds of um, villains. It. I have to check that. I saw that a while ago. I'm going to have to check that out again. Yeah, is a fan. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I like well done characters. I, I like Annabelle, you know, the, you know, uh, Robbie Coltrane's character. I like well done characters. Oh, I thought you meant the movie. Yeah. I know. I added on Robbie Coltrane. Did you guys remember that it was Annabelle? Did anyone mention her name? Oh, yeah, they, they call her by name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, took like, us tonight. But um, anyway, I like well done characters. And so I don't, that does seem obsessed with a villain, but he's just, just a good. A good role, yeah. We, we love a good villain. Yeah. I that's it. We have okay. So I actually had a whole lot of choices for recasting. So I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you four that are not my recast, just to let okay. you. Okay. I what? thought uh, if we made this now, Annabelle should be Ginger Minch. Okay. Who's that? Uh, I thought if I recasted the killer, RuPaul's Drag uh, Race. In 1980, okay. If I recast the killer in 1988, I thought Julian Sands would be good. Do you remember yeah. him? He played Warlock. Yep. Oh, he's a big '80s '90s character actor. A little bit, okay. Um, if I recast Michael, it would be Macaulay Culkin. Hmm. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, he did if play. Rec- he played playing Party Monster. He yes, those, exactly. Yeah. So that that kind of felt like it was there was a connection there for me. So yeah. oh. um, if I recast Vincent, uh, and this is because when we first are introduced to him, I could have sworn it was him for a split second, Jeffrey Rush. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but my actual recast is Eve, uh, the Vincent's friend who 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 uh, has sex with the boy. Uh, I wanted to recast her with Sarah Douglas. You would know her as she played Ursa on Superman Two. I. The eighties. One of the three aliens. Yes, the one of the three. She's coming to Galaxy Con. She's coming to GalaxyCon. There are yes. a lot of good. There are a lot of Supermans. The, the the '80s ones or the ones now. Yeah, in the '80s, Superman two. You know the three villains from Krypton. Who it was are, a while ago. Okay, I don't. I don't have to say. So that she has again. that like porcelain face, but a very sort of villainous look. Uh, okay. and I thought, um, she would have really um, sold that character's real like meaning a little better. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so yeah, um, and I would just love to see her in more things. Okay, so I think now we can move on to rating this movie. And hopefully you all remember how this works. You should bring up your chat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still got that frog in my throat. I think it's a whole, I think it's a whole swamp at this point. <clears throat> okay, so bring up the chat uh, and then Fahad will count us down to zero. And on the row of zero, you will press enter to give us your rating. So give us a thumbs up when you're ready so he knows when to start the countdown. Okay, give me a second. Ruth, is your thumb up? Uh, it was, and then I <laughs> Then she got tired of waiting for me. Okay, I see all the thumbs are up. So hit it, Fahad. Three, two, one, zero. Boom. Okay. That's uh-huh. pretty close. Yeah, look at that. Might be one of our closest ones. Yeah, we're we're agreeing pretty strongly with each other. 
three threes. Wow. Ooh. And Shelly and I average out to a three. <laughs> so if you and Shelly average out to a three and the rest of us are three, then the average must average be. Average is a three. Yeah. Three. Got a solid three. I think that's good. For I think her. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, but I, I think, you know, I bet a remake of this would be, could be very good. Yeah. It could be, my, yes. The I, story I yeah. is solid. Yeah, I gave it that extra quarter for the first half of the movie because that was more enjoyable. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this might be the closest we've ever been to rating oh. a movie. Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay, so our last task of the night is for the next fogey to tell us our next movie. And that is Ruth. Hit it, Ruth. All right. So um, my first movie initially was Intouchables or Intouchables. I didn't take French, so I don't really know how to pronounce it. Anyways, <laughs> Baha, do you know how to pronounce it? We've all butchered it, I think, a million times. Touchable. Touchable. Yeah. Just be as insufferable as possible when it comes out right. Touchable. <laughs> okay, so... um. Leading a little bit towards on that path, just keeping with the theme, I wanted to pick. Um, it's a movie called Me Before You. Um, oh. Clark is in this, and same <gasps> oh. Claflin. I saw it, yeah. Hey, okay, I can see it again. I'm good. So how does this relate to Intuitable? So, um Amelia Clark's character is Louisa, but she goes by Lou. So her family is kind of uh, struggling with making making ends meet. And her dad, because it's in a small town, um, it's hard to find a job in the area. So she takes this job um, and takes care of Sam Claflin's character. He um, ends up being in a car accident and he is in a type in a wheelchair and he's his spine he's paralyzed from like the neck down oh he was in a wheelchair this whole time on the poster i, I never knew that by looking at the poster i never knew that now i see it <laughs> um, <laughs> did you and i see this or something we might have actually we did oh my god i think we did i think we're going to end up comparing it a lot to interview yeah for better or worse I do like amelia clark a lot so i'm i'm excited to see her I do it's i'm excited uh, to see her in a non genre thing because i've seen her in game of thrones and wasn't she in uh the terminator as sarah connor yeah genesis yeah and was she and she was in han solo movie she played the the love interest in solo oh. so i've only seen her in those sci-fi genre type shows so it'll be interesting to see her as a normal human yeah well i love how versatile of an actress she is she's really able to seems like dive into diff whatever kind of different parts she's given and she really does to me like how good she is you don't have to feel like oh well she's just only see her as a girl from game of thrones no but like she's great at, at a lot of other things and then the guy um that was in um i forgot which hunger games movie he was in that's oh, i know remember him yeah but um yeah so i like him too uh well thank you ruth for the next pick uh, we'll see everyone next week. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Everybody say bye. 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 bye.
You know what's funny? I saw the end. I, I almost forgot who, who the heck is that? <laughs> that's me, Noodles. I was looking at the, the letter T. I was like, where did I go? Oh, oh, oh that's me. 